Aaron Darman, political reporters with us out of Parliament. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Heather. Why is Nanaya being so cagey about whether this White House statement was brought up with the Chinese? It's all a bit odd. We spoke yesterday about how Nanaya Mahuta was effectively shrugging off China's rebukes. Not only that, but she maintained that joint statement put out by New Zealand and the US was barely mentioned when she met with China's New Zealand ambassador here at Parliament. That statement, of course, raised concern about Chinese influence in the Pacific. Here's what Mahuta told us of their meeting yesterday. A range of things were commented on, but not in any particular detail. The meeting wasn't alike. Not in any, not in any particular detail. Um, not, not significantly, actually, no. Not significantly, not in any particular detail. That sounds like someone telling you or I in passing, hey, just a heads up on something, but nothing more. Well, mm. it came as a hefty surprise then this morning when the Chinese ambassador tweeted to say he used the meeting to, quote, reiterate China's position on the recent joint statement. Um, wait a minute. Not in any particular detail. The meeting wasn't alike. Not in any, not in any particular detail. Reiterating to me seems very different to not in any particular detail. The ambassador also quoted a Pacific leader saying China provided much needed aid when no others were and he wrote that he and Mahuta had compared notes on how China and New Zealand could steer bilateral relations in the right direction. So was the Chinese ambassador overplaying his comments or did Mahuta try to brush away the bitterness? Well, what do you think? Well, I think that it, it's, it certainly seems like Nanai Mahuta uh, was trying to downplay whatever was said in the beehive in that meeting. Uh, and, I, and I feel like that is, that is concerning if she's tr- trying to kind of push away any of, the, any of the Chinese rebukes, particularly when you look at their moves in the Pacific. Uh, but I also feel like the Chinese ambassador probably uh, was keen to make a real point to say, hey, I brought this up uh, and we talked about it. Yeah, well, I have. I, I get the feeling he would have watched the six o'clock news last night, seen her saying that, and thought, mm, "I'll make life a bit more difficult for her." Here's a tweet because <laughs> probably you know, it does feel slightly Almost coincidental. Certainly. Yeah, it does feel slightly coincidental. Hey, this Inspector General role for the Defence Force. Why is this being created? Well, it's a pretty big deal. You remember that damning inquiry into Operation Burnham in Afghanistan that was back in 2010 when that happened, which found major failings in the way the Defence Force dealt with allegations of civilian casualties. That probe ultimately concluded that five people, including a child, had been killed back in 2010, and obviously that review happened later on, but it was unable to say if the adults were civilians or legitimate targets. Now, today Attorney General David Parker told us following the incident, NZDF's failure to deliver timely and accurate information to ministers undermined, quote, fundamental principles of our democracy. So saying the government's setting up a so-called Inspector General of Defence to provide independent oversight of the Defence Force. It's all about scrutiny, transparency, funding's been given the green light, legislation will now be drafted to kick this into gear. Of course, the big but is, does this actually do anything to increase accountability or is it more bureaucracy that'll act as, I guess, a big brother rather than a watchdog? Well, Defence Minister Penny Hinari, he's confident this will make a difference. He says the inspector can receive allegations of wrongdoing, investigate and will be supported by strong legal powers. Whether that actually happens, well, let's wait and see. Aaron, what do we know about this research centre into violent extremism that's been established? So it's a new centre to counter violent extremism. Basically, the idea is let's know what's happening before it takes hold and causes real-life destruction. It's been set up in direct response to the Royal Commission after the March 15 terror attack and was one of the many recommendations that stemmed from that review. In short, it is about growing our own literature base to draw from around 
New Zealand-specific threats as opposed to relying on research from overseas. Now, Minister in Charge Andrew Little, he says it's evident we're not immune to the issue. He says we need to know what drives people to acts of terror. And he didn't hold back about what the country faces. There's always the, um, the challenge of dealing with those who are frankly blow-asses and just blowing off and, and let their stupidity speak for itself and those who sort of form actual intent that is genuinely threatening. Of course, as is the case with most research, only time will show exactly what the state of play is in our own backyard and how that may inform policy decisions, which Andrew Little indicated, well, we'll see what happens as to whether or not this research actually ends up uh, on, on Cabinet's desk at some point uh, and actually influences lawmaking. Anya Aaron, thank you. We'll wrap the political week uh, that was with you.